everybody. Welcome to the OETA Movie Club podcast. My name is Jeff Mareva. I'm the director of the show, and I am here with our host, Mr. Robert Birch. Hello, everybody. How are you doing today, Robert? Pretty good. And you, Jeff? I am doing great. It's always <laughs> good to be with you and talk about some good old movies. Mmm, you can smell the popcorn That's from right. here. That's right. I know. I've, I've been snacking on popcorn. Just, you know, full disclosure. Um... All right, so this week we have a double feature, which we love when we have a double feature. Two movies back to back. The first, and they're both great this time. Oh, yeah. Um, the first one, The Philadelphia Story. A great classic. Great one. And then North by Northwest. One of my favorites. One of my favorites, too. Yeah. Um, so let's start off with The Philadelphia Story. Okay. Um, and then we'll switch gears to North by Northwest later. Uh-huh. But. Um, Let's start by Philadelphia story. Start set us up a little bit. Uh, Philadelphia story. Okay, so this was a uh, a very successful play on Broadway, um, starring Catherine Hepburn, uh, uh, in the same role that she plays in the film. Yeah, um, she plays um, a, a wealthy socialite, Tracy Lord, not Lords, <laughs> um, and um, she is divorced. But her ex-husband comes back. He's a love interest. Uh, her a tabloid reporter. He's also a love interest, and the guy that she's going to marry. You know, so she's got three men at her giant, you know, estate in the country. Right. You know, the Newport or you know, the Hamptons someplace, <laughs> and um, uh, you know, hilarity ensues. Of course. You had mentioned she had Catherine Hepburn had done the Broadway show. Yeah, um, I didn't know she actually owned the film rights to the material after doing the Broadway right. show. Well, she was dating uh, Howard Hughes. Yes, who was uh, I'm not sure if he was a billionaire back then uh, or he was a multi multi-millionaire. Yeah, by today's yeah. equivalent, oh, he would sure, definitely would have sure. been a billionaire. Yeah. yeah, he was the Elon Musk. Yes, of yeah. his era. Yeah, in every and, way. And of course, and they yeah. were boyfriend girlfriend. So right. he and bought her. Um, bought her the rights to the. Yeah. He can afford it. He can afford it. Of course he can. So, um, speaking of money and everything, uh-huh. Cary Grant, um, at the time, he demanded a huge salary for this. Right. It was $137,000 by today's uh-huh. standards. Another that's chump change. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, well, I mean you think for about actors today, today leading, right. leading men today, I mean, yeah. they're making millions. Tom Cruise. You know, yeah. uh, so 137000 yeah. you think, oh, but big but, money. But this was big money back sure, then. Sure. But and, he also, um, he wanted top billing. Too, he wanted top billing. And, which is uh, a tough sell if your co- uh, yes, if your co-star uh, owns the rights to the film exactly. and is uh, in charge of has a big say in casting yes. and everything else, yeah, that's uh, kind of a, a gutsy move. Yeah, well, I, it worked for him. Yeah, and I think the, uh, one thing that I thought was really cool was the hundred thirty-seven thousand that he made. He uh-huh. donated every penny of it to the British War Relief Fund. That He's was a classy guy. Time. So yeah, yeah. I and you that was, think about that. Okay, it was nineteen forty. Uh, the Blitz already was, uh, you know, the England had seen most the the worst days of the Blitz. And, you know, really, they were up against the wall. Hitler was uh, knocking at the door. Yeah. And everybody thought he was coming across the channel at any time. So, yeah, it's like uh, Ukraine now, right? Yeah. uh, You know, you just donate that money. If you could afford that, you could donate that money to, uh, to the war effort, try and stop Hitler. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's just crazy. How do we always end up about Nazis? How do we, how do we always it end up on Nazis? Comes up, you know. God, terrible people. <laughs> All right. Um, um, and Catherine Hepburn also deferred her salary, which was 45% of the profits. Right. Now, when I was reading but, that, yeah. yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Well, she uh, she got, what, 
what was the percentage? She was forty-five percent of the profit. Yeah, yeah. Which uh, you know, it was one of the biggest money makers yeah. of that year. Yeah, and yeah, so she did very well. Yeah, both. I mean, she she was given rights to the to the film, and she was also well, she got a huge chunk of change oh, for yeah. that, right? Oh yeah. Not not so she didn't really need her salary, right? But she got forty-five. Thousand dollars, you know, forty-five percent yeah. of the take. Which I guarantee you made a lot more than her. Oh, yeah. she would have gotten just for a sal- you know, right. just for one time. So you salary. think about foreign distribution then too, oh, yeah. and then residual checks that uh, keep paying for a lifetime. Yeah, yeah, especially if you own the rights to the film or the script, especially. Um, you know, your residuals run out over time as an actor or actress. Yeah, of course, yeah. But the writer. It's, right. it's like music, right? Yeah. Uh, the musicians, their residuals run out over time, but the owner of the song right. um, uh, keeps making money as long as Forever. it's yeah. for sale. Yeah, as long as it, yeah, until it goes into public domain, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I mean, one thing that I thought was crazy about this film when I read about it was it was shot in eight weeks. Uh huh. No retakes. And that's that going to be a director's insane. choice. That's, that's got to be because yeah. I mean, there's no way an actor would be like, ah, first time, everything. Right. But, you know, yeah. No He's uh, like, okay, print it. Let's yeah, move on exactly. to the next move one. Move on. It's right? lunchtime. Yeah. The, um, the producers and the studio executives love this guy, right? Yeah, because exactly. yeah. you know, keeps everything on budget. One take, Charlie. Yeah. You know, he's he's done. But then again, you know, you've got these great quality actors: Jimmy Stewart, true. yeah, Cary Grant, Catherine Hepburn, great professionals. Uh, that are able to deliver that great performance, you know, right on the first time. Yeah. And, and one of the scenes that they use in as, as an example of how good these actors are at uh-huh. that was um, there was a scene where Jimmy Stewart hiccups right. while he's drunk. And it was completely improv. No uh-huh. one knew he was going to do it. He did it. You can see Cary Grant. If you really look close, you can see him kind of <laughs> putting his head down, Looks down away from the camera, trying to like hide smiles. his smile. Yeah, uh-huh. got a little smirk. He's trying not to laugh. <laughs> but then he and, plays along. And then with he it. plays along with it uh-huh. perfectly. And he begins hip- hiccuping again. And Grant turns to him and says, "Excuse me, excuse me, <laughs> um, excuse well, me." Well, and Jimmy Stewart was concerned about his acting. On you know, he was. I guess he was so new that uh, he, he had done Mr. Smith Goes to yeah. Washington. But um, he, for some reason, he, he was afraid that he, his acting wouldn't be up to par. Well, Noel Coward was on the set one of the days, and somebody had mentioned to him, said, you know, if you talk to Jimmy Stewart, you might just, uh, you know, boost his ego a little bit, you know. And so uh, Noel Coward uh, is, is meeting Stewart for the first time, and they're talking, and he says, did I, did I ever mention to you that I think you're a really brilliant actor? And then they cut the scene right after that. They do the scene, and Jimmy Stewart is spot on, does it in one take, and, and for the rest of the show, film, yeah. he, he, he got it in one take. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I read he didn't—he he was, I guess, just doubtful a little bit because he didn't think he deserved the best Oscar right. um, um, award for this. He, he thought that Henry Fonda should have won it for Grapes of Wrath. Right. And maybe and, that's it. You know, he he thought Henry Fonda should have won. Yeah. You know, you think, well, you know, I did okay, but, you know, that was really a yeah. brilliant performance in Grapes yeah. of Wrath. And it was. It was. They were both great performances, yeah. And, you know, maybe he thought it was, uh, you know, just payback for uh, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. He didn't win for that. But maybe, you know, he thought uh, the Academy was really recognizing his work in that. Yeah. And Spencer Tracy actually turned down Jimmy Stewart's role 
um, because he was in Mr. Jekyll, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Now, it's surprising that Spencer Tracy isn't in this film. I know, right? I know, because Catherine Hep, you got, you got his, his work right, wife. Right, <laughs> but she always got him parts. Yeah. Always got, you know, or in, and, and vice versa. Yeah. Right, he would, he would say, hey, you know, Bad Day at Black Rock, is there maybe a, a role in that for a, you know, a feat uh, sort of Eastern uh, upper class woman? <laughs> yeah. They're like, no. Right. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, she's but, not in uh, Bad Day at Black Rock. She's not in uh, Judgment at Nuremberg, but she's in everything, everything else. Everything else, yeah. yeah. Um, the uh, I, I this is I couldn't I couldn't wrap wrap my head around this. I read that the reason that Cary Grant got the top billing and everything was because Catherine Hepburn had been dubbed box office poison oh, yeah. at this time in her career. Yeah. And and I, I have no idea what I'm reading about this. Why why was she dubbed? Well, she doesn't play well well to the Midwest at the time, okay. right? Okay. I mean, you know, you had rural and she's yeah, she is a very uh, sort of upper crust eastern yeah. uh, acquired taste. I mean, uh, in this film, she uh, she wears a pantsuit. Right. Now those were, you know, um, not uh, a, a, a thing back right. in the day. You know, that was, uh, you know, was deemed not feminine, not attractive. Right. And, but she's, and she's wearing the, one. the movie company had to be convinced to leave in that oh, costume. Yeah. They wanted yeah. it out when they first saw her in that right. pantsuit. Yeah. And it became a, a huge fashion yeah. uh, hit yeah. at the time. But, uh, yeah, she didn't, she, she didn't, she wasn't loved. Yeah. Her box office numbers were not great in the Midwest. Okay, I never knew that. I guess yeah. I just I just always assumed <laughs> Catherine Hepburn, the great Catherine Hepburn. You know? Well, of course. So, and now um, she's this, you know, a, a larger than life. Icon. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the this film. It's the same story as High Society. Uh-huh. Um, High Society was done, what, 15, 16 years later? A great film. Great film. I love Cole High Porter. Society. I know, I do yeah. too. Um, Frank but, Sinatra, G, uh, not, I, Bing Crosby, said, yeah. Yeah, I, I, Grace I, we Kelly. were doing, uh, yeah, I said Gene Kelly, it's, yeah. it's Grace, Kelly, Grace Kelly, who looks a lot better in a dress, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I, well, I guess, yeah. And of course, oh, you said Louis Armstrong. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah love, Louis Armstrong, yeah. I love Love him. And I love the songs. Yeah. Also. But uh, you're going to want to watch this film first. Oh, of uh, course. Watch this and then watch High Society. <laughs> right. So, Which we've, we've had on the movie. We have had several times and, mm-hmm. and might be on the list for next year. I, oh, I, think. I can't I'm, wait. Can't wait. I think I, if I remember right, I think it's on the list for next uh-huh. year. Um, but uh, so the stage play was still going on when this movie was right. made. And uh, to av- avoid competition with the stage play, MGM agreed to not put out the film uh-huh. in general release until January of 41. Right. I don't know. That's apparently was their date. And then they started screening it in December. <laughs> so um, go, go figure. But a yeah, limited release. A limited release. Right. Yeah. But, uh, but I didn't know the stage play was still going on when the movie was made. Apparently, it yeah. must have really been doing great Yeah, because it would have been a long run at, yeah. at that point. Yeah. yeah. And, so. you know, Jimmy Stewart, um, you know, we're talking about him earlier in the Oscars, uh, you know, he had no plans to go to the Oscar ceremony. Right. Um, and then uh, just before the ceremony, he got this call that said, uh, you know, you might want to slip on a dinner jacket and <laughs> head down there because uh, you might receive the award. <laughs> and so, you know, as, of course, he wins the award for best actor. Or, uh, and then uh, this was before. 
uh, Price Waterhouse was yeah. was contracted to do the you know, and they had the big dust up with the. Uh, um, uh, La La Land yeah. and yeah. the Moon. Uh, oh, I can't remember. The I know movie. something Moon. Uh, um, moonlight. And, yeah, yeah. Moonlight. Yeah. Um, well, the whole reason that Price Waterhouse uh, became the they 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 engaged an accounting firm for that was goes back to Wallace Beery, because um, it was uh, between him and Frederick March. For Best Actor, and I don't remember the films, uh, I, I believe Wallace Beery was up for Best Actor for um, The Champ. Okay. And uh, he apparently really wanted the, the the award because he showed up drunk <laughs> on the doorstep of, of several members of the Academy. Nice. Uh, you know, he's a big, imposing guy. Right. And he's basically physically threatening these people. You know, you will, you're, you're going to, yeah. you're going to vote for me. You know, <laughs> in fact, all, because he played Long John Silver, that's that's where the pirate that's, voice comes from, course, right? Yeah. Because it's Wallace Beery. Yeah. So uh, you know, he threatened everybody, and uh, they had a tie that year. Only only year they ever had a tie for best actor. And uh, after that, to prevent that from happening again. They engage Price Waterhouse to keep uh, uh, to keep you know people from yeah uh, skewing it yeah wow um, well we probably need to move on to North by Northwest yeah um, it's a but, good film uh, but again Philadelphia Story great movie um, Saturday at nine um, and then immediately following that movie as soon uh -huh. as the credits are over we will go right into North by Northwest well there's a little bit. Well, yeah, you talk for a little yeah. bit, um, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, there's your part. Yeah, well, but then we get sure to the movie. I, well, yeah, it's, it's a little more than that. You know, but uh. um, all right, so North by Northwest, right. set us up here because this is a great okay. one. I love Alfred oh. Hitchcock. I love this movie. Just just Hitchcock go into it. had wanted to do this um, ever since he heard the story. It's a true story. Uh, about um, uh, a thing that the uh, British intelligence did during World War II, where they found a body, they, you know, uh, and they uh, put, you know, clothes on it. They, they, uh, the whole idea was to like put some plans indicating that the Allies were going to land in uh, Sardinia and in Greece. And right. not in Sicily. They wanted to divert the Nazis away from, and, and you know, the Italians away from Sicily. Right. And um, uh, so he came up with the idea of what if, you know, not the dead guy, but um, what if you had uh, an innocent man who was mistaken for a, a spy, and then you know, the, the real spies when they get him, they don't believe that he's uh, who he says he is. Right. And then, he, you know, uh, a, a big cross-country chase. And, and Hitchcock had always wanted to do a uh, chase scene across the face of, or faces, of yeah. Mount Rushmore. Right. Yep. Oh, yeah. Um, I just, I, this cracks me up. I just read that while, at Matt, while they were out at uh -huh. Mount Rushmore, Cary Grant charged... 15 cents per <laughs> autograph to all his fans. Right. E even Marie Saint's uh, jaw dropped, she yeah. said, with, you know, 15, 15 cents? Cent really? You're a huge star. Hey, but that's a pack of smokes. Every, yeah, every, every autograph. That's a How many? $350,000 for this or close to that? And wow. you're you're going to charge your you know 15 cents. Come on, yeah, give know. me a break. I know. 
but he's great. He, you know, he he looks good in a suit, and uh, and he's really good in this. Yeah, he yeah. retired, um, uh, and wasn't he was not going to do any more films, and uh, Sir Alfred Hitchcock made sure he got a script. Yeah, uh, uh, he was he was actually telling Jimmy Stewart about this uh, film. Yeah, during Vertigo, while they were doing Vertigo, yeah. And um, he got Jimmy Stewart so interested in, you know, he neglected to mention at the top, (laughs) you know, I'm not considering you for this. (laughs) Here's Uh, a great idea. I don't want you for it, (laughs) but here's a great idea. Tell me what you think. And so he's so invested that he's like, well, you know, this this is a role I want to do. So he had to wait. Uh, Hitchcock, brilliantly, he waits until uh, Jimmy Stewart was doing another film, Anatomy of a Murder by yeah. Otto Preminger. Yep. And um, uh, so then he, he goes ahead and offers the role to Stewart, who could not possibly take it. And, right. and oh, well, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm sorry you can't have the role, <laughs> and sorry you can't do it. I'll give it to Carrie. Okay. You know, that's a good. That's a good Hitchcock. That's a good Hitchcock. <laughs> good evening. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, that is pretty, pretty funny and, and genius of Hitchcock to uh-huh. say. Oh, um, well, he uh, was smart in a number of ways. Yes, he was. Um, let's talk about speaking of him being smart. Um, talk about how he shot these movies and how, like, the editor, you, you had no choice but to right. do it the way he wanted it. Um, so he did a lot of work um, after he came from England. Uh, I don't know if he was doing this in England or not, but uh, I know that uh, David O. Selznick uh, brought him over from England to do uh, his first films in America. And Selznick was just uh, such an autocrat. Yeah. Uh, he rewrote he would scripts. I mean, he's really yeah. the, the author of Gone with the Wind. Yeah. And he's really the director of Gone with the yeah. Wind. Uh, because he fired so many directors on <laughs> right. that, and he fired so many scriptwriters, and, and and so and he would re-edit yeah. your your film. He would he would go in and re-edit the film to way the way to he his liked taste, it. Yeah. So Hitch, as he was called, <laughs> yeah, me and Hitch, uh, My he buddy Hitch. he um, he he figured a way around that. He would only shoot enough film to tell the story in the way in which he wanted it edited. Yeah. And so on this film, there's only about uh, eight feet of um, film that that was not used, that was shot, which is about, uh, I think it said five minutes. Five, yeah. Five minutes. No, five seconds. It's oh, like five oh seconds. you're right. You're right. Yeah, five, five seconds. seconds. It's not yeah. even a scene. Yeah. It's, you know, it's not anything. That is insane to me. Five seconds of stuff you cut and everything else was perfect. And that's it. That's it. No one does that. No, no. one can do that. No, no. And I'm, uh, it's amazing. It yeah. really is. A, it's a feat on its own. There should be an Academy Award for that. Oh, yeah. He's, di- he's directing in the camera. I mean, oh, he's, yeah. he's directing and sequencing as he's shooting the film. Well, he would storyboard. And, you know, uh, many, many, many directors do that. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, it doesn't... In his case, uh, you know, he's so meticulous in planning yeah. that, uh, yeah, he was able to do that. Um, you mentioned Cary Grant's suit. Uh-huh. Um, talk a little bit about that because I thought it was hilarious. I did not know that it was the greatest film suit right. of all time. Um, in 2006, it was uh, by the uh, uh, some fashion uh, board. They yeah. they uh, they said this is the greatest suit 
in all of film history. <laughs> you know, that that gray suit, it, and, you know, when it came out, too, it became the sought-after oh, yeah. suit for yeah. a decade. Wow. And really, you know, I mean, uh, Joe Blow from Waskegon uh, is, <laughs> is wearing it. It doesn't look as good as Cary Grant. Of course, Cary Grant has the benefit of... Mm, maybe 20 or 30 people right. looking after that right, suit, course, you know, yeah. and, and not a speck of dust here course, or unless yeah. it's supposed to be. And it's never uh, rumpled or, you know, even though he's been chased by a crop duster, <laughs> right. you know, and he's yeah, had to get down perfect. on the ground and gets up and, <laughs> oh, well, it's a it's little perfect. bit of dust, but that's why everybody wanted good. it. They were like, hey, that seems pretty durable. <laughs> um, speaking of wardrobe, Eva, Eva Marie Saint, um, has a story, recounts a story about Alfred Hitchcock being dissatisfied with her right. costumes. As he was. And, you know, Selznick did this, too. Selznick would, uh, he hated a lot of the uh, outfits that they made for Vivian Lee. Yeah. And so they would redo it and redo it. And, and usually the male characters uh, don't get doted upon like, right. the, fem- like the female characters do, yeah. you know, just because of the, the costume. But, uh, yeah, uh, he took her to Bergdorf Goodman's and just, you know, right off, uh, you know, right off the rack yeah. uh, had those. Although Martin Landau uh, in this film had all of his suits tailored by the same guy that did Cary Grant's suits. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So, you know, that's why he looks as good as he does. Yeah, and too. he makes a comment in the movie about being a well-tailored man yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah that Cary Grant yeah. is this well-tailored one, you yes. know. Yeah. Um, yeah, so this this movie is just, it's great. It's one of my favorites. Um, I thought it was really interesting to know that, I thought, I thought obviously, the the chase scene in South Dakota, Mount Rushmore. Right. I, I knew that was filmed there, right? Yeah. But I thought a lot more of it was filmed there. But apparently he took in 100 Ponderosa Pines. Right. Into the and, and onto an MGM Stowns soundstage uh-huh. and and redid San, South Dakota <laughs> and and it fooled me. I had no yeah. idea. I just yeah. because I, I assumed you know you got Mount Rushmore, so obviously they were there shooting. A lot of films do this. A lot <laughs> yeah. of films you know recreate uh, oh, yeah, forest or something indoors. It's just not as convincing as as this right. this one is. Yeah. You know that he got some really good people and you know um, the UN. Would not let them shoot. There's, you know, uh, a scene, several scenes in the UN. Yeah. Uh, you know where he, uh, uh, you know, timing and all that. There's a guy that he goes to to meet, and uh, the guy gets stabbed. Yeah. And and here he's on the front page of the New York Times, <laughs> holding the knife, you right. know, and the dead man in his arms, you know, and uh, but it's, uh, they wouldn't let him shoot in the UN. Yeah. So they had to shoot um, like the exterior from across the street. Yeah, they used a hidden camera. Uh huh. Yeah. And if you look, um, there's a, as Cary Grant's walking up the the steps going into the into the General Assembly building. Um, there's a guy that's uh, coming down the steps, <laughs> and he like does a double take. Does a double know? take. Yeah. Watch really close for it. it it's really quick. But uh-huh. yeah, he does a quick little. Wait a minute. That's. That's Cary Grant. <laughs> <laughs> so imagine that you're just, you know, just a guy that had business at the UN that day, and now you are in an Alfred Hitchcock <laughs> film for, yep. you know, for all of eternity. Yep. <laughs> and so then they they uh, they recreated all the interiors, you know, on a soundstage. Yeah. As you know, and then uh, also the the Mount Rushmore. Um, like observation areas, uh, you know that, that he's in. Those are rec- those are also on the soundstage. Yeah, um, but re- you know they actually did a shoot on 
Mount Rushmore. Yeah. I know. That's why I was like, you're already there. <laughs> why, why, why not shoot the rest of it? The scene where he's like up in Lincoln's nose, you know. <laughs> no, no. It's, it's, um, so one other thing before we go, we're almost out of time. But one more thing I have to talk about because I just love it when this happens. So apparently Cary Grant found the screenplay to be baffling. Yeah. He halfway through the movie, he still had no idea what was going on. And we just talked about that recently with the thin man uh-huh. and and um uh uh oh my goodness. Uh, the star's name in that. I just went blank on his name. And the thin man. Um, but William Powell. William Powell, thank you. Uh-huh. And uh just talk we just talked about the same thing about how William Powell that last scene with the oysters and it's so confusing. Oh, yeah. He doesn't even know what he's saying. His lines are so and he's saying these lines not even knowing what they mean, and, and, and I love that kind of thing. And, but it fits the character. It fits the character. And Cary Grant apparently did that in this, actually taking Alfred Hitchcock aside and saying, this is a terrible script. This is a terrible <laughs> script. I don't understand a thing I'm saying. Here. He said, we've already done two-thirds of the movie, and I still don't know. I still can't make head or tail of it. So, um, But Hitch I, thought that was you know, he perfect. He liked that. Yeah, he was like, perfect. If you don't know what's going on. Yeah. Then the audience isn't going to know it, you know. You should not know what's going on right now. (laughs) That's okay. It needs work. It needs a little. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of our time with these uh, double features. Um, Please tune in Saturday Saturday night at 9 for our double feature. Again, it's Philadelphia Story followed immediately by North by Northwest. A great film. Two great films. Two great films. Two great films. And as always, send in those celebrity photos. Include a story so we know how you met and all that good stuff. If it's a funny story. Or just you know a cool you know chance meeting. Yeah, we love that's what it, you know we love those. Oh, that's it, what it's every bit as good as the photo. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. So please do that. And um, until next time, take care and uh, see you later. Bye bye. Make sure to like and subscribe to the podcast. You can preview all upcoming OETA Movie Club films at oeta.tv forward slash movie club. And please, send your celebrity photos to P.O. Box 14190, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma 73113, or you can email them to us at oeta.tv forward slash movie club. And of course, tune in every Saturday night at 9 and on Fridays at 11. We'll see you on the couch every weekend for a great movie and fresh popcorn. <laughs>